What's going on? Face Value Podcast, ep- episode 137. Ooh. Yeah, giving it to you. Musical journey? <laughs> <laughs> Keeping me on my toes? <laughs> Who's this? Toner. Oh, tight. Yeah. Oh, sick. Yeah. Talking about yeah. What's going on, y'all? We have a special guest today. My good friend, Sean McQueenie. He also goes by Fade In Out. Um, we're here to talk about his art, talk about music, talk about him. him. How you doing? We're talking about bullshit, too, right? Yeah, bullshit. A lot of bullshit. Yeah, I feel like we should get the, the normal things out of the way. Just uh, where, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Michigan. Uh, I like to tell people Detroit, but I'm not really from Detroit. So you're from the surrounding yeah. suburbs of Detroit? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Just a mile north. I grew up off uh, eight mile. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I'm from Sacramento. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right up there. Can we uh, spend a little bit of time talking about how Michigan's really rad, but people always tend to leave? Oh, yeah. Everybody who's cool from Michigan doesn't live in Michigan anymore. <laughs> but even though I don't live there anymore, I really appreciate it. I'm like, oh, Michigan's sick. And they're like, why don't you live there? It's always home. But yeah. There's no like reason right now for me to like best in being there yeah. yeah when i do go home though i never really go home to saginaw i always go to detroit okay. because detroit's amazing yeah detroit's an amazing place i feel like now it's getting more light because of all the shit like dan gilbert's doing but it's always been amazing mm-hmm. even when it was down bad in that you know the recession it still was a great place to be i mean you talk about like the glory days of things and like everybody in detroit just talks about well it used to be like this it used to be like that and it's like no these things are like good now but you're like you're able to do more stuff now do you think people in Detroit, like, glorify the sketchiness of, of past Detroit? Is that what that is? Yeah, I feel like Yeah. I, I mean, I grew up, like, in the tail end of it being, like, rough and tough. Yeah. And, like, don't go to Detroit. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I'm going to Tigers games. I'm yeah. going to concerts. I'm, like, 15 years old. Let's yeah, go. you're not going to die. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> like, the most, like, fun punk shows I've seen are, like, in a DIY venue downtown. And I'm, like, just showing up there. I'm taking the bus when I'm 15 years old. Yeah. But, like, it's way different now. I've been gone for a little bit, so, like, I'm not, like, the most knowledgeable person about it. But when I show up, it's fucking fun when I, like, get to see, like, these cool things that are happening. Yeah, because even though it's coming up, it still has so much of that DIY mentality. There's, like, some of the best shows I've ever seen to this day were at the shelter for, like, $6. I always hear about that place. It's just uh, the basement of St. Andrew's Hall. Okay, yeah, I've been to St. Andrew's Hall. So the littler, yeah. sh- the smaller shows are down there. So yeah. all the, you know, smaller touring shit. Yeah. But when you go down there when I was younger, a teenager, it was, it did feel a little different. Then when you're an adult, yeah. I was like, oh, this is crazy. But as an adult, you just understand you know how to move and you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But like you mentioned, Old Tiger Stadium, that area used to be gnarly. Oh, yeah. And now it's totally fine over Fortown there. is the, the popping area now. I was just bored looking at rent and shit, and it's very comparable to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Really? It's crazy to me. What's over there? Just like, like that's where that slows is. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I've been the Michigan there. train yeah. uh, stations over there, so like people like to take pictures in front. Yeah. And, like a lot of bars and restaurants over there. It's right by the Wayne State uh, campus too. So like okay. the college campus is like right in the next neighborhood. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then it's smooth. Yeah. So what prompted you to move from Michigan to Chicago? Uh, me, people like my friends being here. Like I just like come here all the time. Just like a few homies went to college out here and like I'd visit them and shit during that. But now I was like, oh, I'm just bartending in Michigan. I was like, time to fucking make a change and do it in Chicago. Yeah. And like it's close enough where I like I don't have to feel like I'm fucking far away. Like I can still see all my friends. Yeah, no, totally relatable. That's exactly why I moved here. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, Texas is really close to yeah. uh, Chicago. It's like y'all and us. <laughs> we just like Dude, invaded I, Chicago. I love talking about the te- the Texas Chicago Detroit connection. Yeah, is so strong. Yeah. Like everybody knows each other. Mm-hmm. It is such a fo- solid scene in like the trifecta. It's like, really awesome. Like it makes me feel like at home. Seriously, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's pretty much intertwined. Yeah, when you don't even really know who's from where. Right. It's just yeah. a big glob of people, and you're like, you're either from Michigan or Texas. That's yeah. the homie. That's the homie. It's sure. like to me, it's like you're from Texas until I see you wear a Tigers hat. It's like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you know what's crazy yeah, is I think the Tigers have the best logo in sports, the old English D. So clean. But why yeah. the fuck is it navy, man? Can man. I get a black hat? <laughs> Can I get a <laughs> fucking black? Hat? I think that all the time. I'm like, yo, we just copied the the Yankees. They got the, the <laughs> yeah, navy dude. Hat, the white font. And the thing is, navy blue as a color is trash. Just Give me black. Oh, uh, okay. Um, it's not trash. <laughs> it's like fake black. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we can twist that however you want, baby. <laughs> twist it up. Twist something up there. <laughs> no, but seriously. Uh. <laughs> I love wearing Tigers hats in the city, and people are like, oh, are you from Michigan? I'm like, no, I'm just a Tigers fan. Chicago, man. Like, why would I be doing that? Yeah, same with Rangers hats. Like, Who's no, a Tigers yeah. fan outside of Michigan? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a sports fan in general, but I'll wear a Tigers hat. Like, I don't know one player on the Tigers, but I'll definitely wear that hat. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's just a staple now. Like, the baseball team fitted, the snapbacks. Like, it's just an easy thing to throw on no matter where you're from. I yeah, mean, I have a Chicago hat, like a Chicago Sox hat, and, like, yeah. I wear that. Like, I shouldn't root for the team, right? <laughs> but it looks cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I was younger, I would definitely wear tats just because I like the logo, yeah. which I guess transcends into liking streetwear and shit like that. You're really based off the graphic mm-hmm. versus – I mean, yeah, I would wear, like, a White Sox hat before I ever came to Chicago because it's just dope, Very black dope. and white. That's what I'm saying. The White Sox got it right, black and white, <laughs> bro. Like, fuck this Navy shit. I'd rather have the Navy over the, the bright blue Cubs, though. Oh, yeah, I'm never the, wearing the that. The royal no, okay. blue or whatever they do. I think they just have actual diehard fans, so they rock with those. Those colors are bad. Super white and blue, that's America, baby. Yeah, yeah true. Which is also bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be that anymore. You got you to gotta go change teams. But no, nah, uh, now nah, speaking of Michigan, did you um did you start printing in like in Michigan? Uh, I went to college for screen printing for a little bit. Where'd you go? Uh, Wayne State. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool, my cool. mom worked for the university, so I got like a sweet discount, and Sick. then I just blew the entire time I was there. I didn't do anything. Nice. <laughs> Typical art student. Yeah, like, no, for I sure. I was like getting drunk all the time. Yeah, like then naturally I dropped, out of, dropped out of school and like was working at a bar full time, but like I just like kept up like with the interest of screen printing because like i grew up on that diy like aesthetic like just yeah. knowing how to do things is like important like your homie's band needs something i got you yeah and yeah so, like I, that continued even though i wasn't in school anymore but the school is where like kicked off like i was like okay like this is an art form i can understand fuck yeah so to, to talk a little bit more about that so you were going to school for art that was your major yeah and at the school, they had a straight up like six color press and shit. Yeah, they have like. Damn. I've never heard of that in a college setting. That's so like Wayne State, there's two schools in Detroit. For those who don't know, that are art schools. There's CCS, Central for uh, Creative Studies, which is like the more commercial. Like you know how to like take photographs for like a company and stuff like that. Whereas Wayne State is more fine art. So I showed up and I'm thinking I'm gonna make some T-shirts and stuff in this class, and they're like, Oh, actually, you're gonna be etching this fucking piece of metal for two weeks before you can print. So, like, that was a little jarring for me, like, not understanding, like, the art form itself. But, like, I also learned a lot where it was like, okay, you like this form of it? You can do whatever you want with that form. You just have to take it and, like, learn from other ways. Yeah, I think once you're exposed to one form, too, it opens your mind to other shit. Mm -hmm. When they put you through that process, you can apply it in hella different ways. We're like, well, I didn't think this was going to be the end result of what I was just doing. 
so I can like take that way other places with it. Mm-hmm. And especially screen printing, you can print anything. But way back in the day, they used to screen print skateboards yeah. before yeah. they did heat transfer because they found out it was cheaper and whatever. But yeah, the, all those boards used to be fucking printed. Which but is, now, nowadays, if you hand print your boards, you can like mark them up. Yeah, I mean, not sure. saying you have to, but you can. Like yeah. people will like recognize and like realize that that's like a extra labor, extra like effort. Yeah, because it is. Uh, we also um, we've talked about this a little bit, but not in depth. And since you actually do it, it'd be cool to talk to you about it. I don't think people really understand how in, like intricate you got to be when you're working with multicolor screen printing. Oh yeah. See, like, can you kind of like break that down how it's definitely deeper than people think? I mean, I'm no professional by any means. I'm self-taught for the most part. Cause I only went to school for two years. So now I'm mostly YouTube, but like from what I've been doing myself, like the way you think it just, everything's going to line up cause you work with digital medium for the most part. Like when you think it's going to line up like that, it doesn't work that way. You have to like expect like twists and turns and like, okay, you have to do something a little bit different and tweak it. So it lines up. And, like, I'm a little bit more of a loose person when I come to, like, printing. So, like, it doesn't really matter to me if, like, things aren't, like, perfectly lined up. Because I kind of think it looks cool. But that's, yeah. like, a, a cheating way of saying that. So, I don't <laughs> have to redo it. But uh, at the same time, like, you look. I, like, uh, talk to my friend who, like, prints T-shirts, like, all the time. And, like, he's, like, yo, like, yeah. It takes, like, an hour to set up my shit. And then I can print T-shirts for an hour. And it's, like, it takes, it takes some time. Yeah, that's why people get so frustrated when they're trying to make, like, 10 T-shirts. And the the... You know, the person doing it or the company has a minimum. Mm-hmm. Like, why do I have to make so many? Because you don't understand how much time's getting your screen set, burning the screens. It's a whole process that people are just mm-hmm. unfamiliar yeah. with. And you have to go through so many T-shirts before you actually get the, before you get the print right. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I mean, most of the shit now on the, the people that mass produce shit, it's all automated. It's not even oh, a person, okay. like, running the screen. They just oh, press true, button. yeah. Yeah. True. You can do, like, there's, like, 16 color presses that are just all automated now. Yeah. Because if you think about it, it's not even setting it up and lining it up. It's about the way you're pulling the shit down. You can ruin a shirt just because your stroke isn't consistent. Or yeah, like really? the, the, the uh, what word am I thinking of? The, uh, the tension of the screen matters too. Like amount of ink that hits the, the material, like that, all that shit like has a factor in it. So it's almost like really industrial like style thinking. Like you got to think ahead. Like you got to yeah. know what the materials you're working with is. So, like, there's the commercial side to screen printing, and then there's, like, the fine art side where you kind of just, like, go with the flow. But the commercial guys, they're the ones who are doing it day in, day out, and they have the most info on it. So, like, I, I talk to dudes on Reddit, and they drop so much knowledge. Really? And I'm like, yo, I'm just doing it in my bedroom. But, like, cool. Thanks for everything. Yeah. And you, you print, too. You make, like, print prints, actual prints. Mm. What do you think the difference is between printing those and T-shirts? Uh, I was talking with my homie about T-shirts, and I was like, T-shirts are the easiest thing to, like, do because people are, like, aware of, like, they got to wear a T-shirt every day, and, like, you want to, like, cycle through, and you want to have, like, cool graphics. So that's, like, an easiest process to, like, get your stuff out there is to be on a T-shirt. It's just when you do prints, like, how I do for the most part, uh, like, I feel like people who are into the art form love to like fill the walls with the, like the similar styles, similar yeah. like, or like their friends and helping out and like stuff like that. But like the print, you kind of like gravitate towards looking at longer, like a wall or uh, piece of art on the wall rather than just someone's t-shirt. You're like, Oh, that's sick. And then just move on. Yeah. I definitely think it's very sick that you focus more on like album art and like actual prints. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you even really do t-shirts at all? Uh, I'm doing some next I, week. With yeah. I saw homie. that you're doing that. And that mm-hmm. looks sick. Uh, just recently, like got into like deciding to do that. I'm not going to make that like my thing where yeah. I'm like dropping t-shirts every week. Uh, yeah. like plenty of other people are doing better bootlegs than I could ever do. But, uh, <laughs> 
but I, I was like, yeah, let me like get into it and like do something else. Like I want to screen print on like pillowcases. That's and fucking have, tight. Like, blankets. Like I looked up woven blankets. That's not like I, I wouldn't screen print on that, but like putting design on a woven blanket would be mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, that would be very sick. And like it doesn't need to end with just prints, but like that's the easiest way for me to work right now. Mm-hmm. And like I really like working with paper, like understanding the feel, the texture of everything and like eventually like t-shirts will probably be a big thing it's easy money maker yeah if you do it right you can like make a ton of fucking money off of it what's the easiest paper to print on (laughs) i mean if you want to you could print on like computer paper i've done that before yeah it just like you want like a weight to it like otherwise you get like that like newsprint quality where Uh you can kind of see the ink buckle on the paper so you want to think ahead and you're like yo if this is gonna have a lot of ink on it you want a heavier paper so it doesn't look weird but at the same time, I like using recycled paper, too, and that's just usually, like, really flimsy and cheap. Oh, yeah. I think it, but it looks a, cool. It adds yeah. a quality to yeah. it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it holds more value to what you're doing, too, when someone's willing to purchase it and put it up in their home mm-hmm. versus tons of my friends have made T-shirts that, personally, I'm like, yeah, this is kind of whatever, but I'll throw you $20 and just put it in my closet. Mm-hmm. Putting something on your wall in your home means you really fuck with yeah, it. Yeah, you have yeah. to, like, put the nail on the wall. You have to, like, Exactly, you got to do a lot yeah. more effort. And then it's just displayed to you and everybody. Mm-hmm. So I think that anyone that does support your work and hangs it up, that's should be, uh, you know, it's like a sign of like, they really fuck with it. Yeah. It's like an honor. Yeah, exactly. Whereas like a t-shirt, you could almost be like, yeah, I'll get one mm-hmm. and just never wear it. Yeah. There's so many shirts in my closet. I'm like, it's I'm nuts. never wearing yeah. that shit. You got to cycle them out. out yeah. of the wardrobe. Got too many. Yeah. That'd be the one of them thrift that, store. That's one thing, yeah. That's the one thing is like, yo, I have too many t-shirts. Do I need to make more t-shirts myself? Like the world's got too many tees. Yeah. Like, just let other people make it. And so I can't right. let go of any of them. It sucks. <laughs> I'm attached. That's where the bootleg thing becomes like kind of confusing because yeah. at the end of the day, like you just said, there's already too many items of clothing in existence and people are like, oh, let me recreate this so everybody could have it. But really at the end of the day, if you're like a dork, like most of us are, we all have too many t-shirts anyway. Yeah. So what are you doing? I could probably wear a new t-shirt for literally half of a year. Like, and just never repeat a t-shirt. Mm. And I don't even wear those. I just wear black t-shirts uh. most of the time. But you got to see that I like every single album Discharge ever made <laughs> through shirt proof. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's the trend on IG right now? What band is cool? I need that to exactly. Oh, I mean, it's definitely a fact. If you don't have the shirt, you don't like the band. <laughs> like, how many times you play the album? It doesn't matter. Dude. You don't have any shirts yeah. from this band. Where's the embroidery hat from 1994? Yeah, right? Exactly. You don't really like that. The yeah. Collections are sick, though, when people got, like, random assortment of bolt thrower stuff. Like, yeah. Yo, like, crazy. That's the shit, dude. Any old bolt thrower shit. Yeah, I'm a sucker. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason all that shit's getting bootlegged because it was sick as fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and and you're gonna be hard pressed to find any of that, even in the wild or anywhere. And if you do find it, it's gonna be hundreds of dollars. Yeah, which also I think is is ridiculous to a certain point. Paying over two hundred dollars for a shirt is fucking crazy. Oh yeah, it's crazy. I feel like that's like kind of dying out now though. Yeah, it's played for sure. Like people are like, yo, I need to just get something off of it. You can probably get like a steal on like a typo negative shirt nowadays. Yeah. So. Dude, shout out to Justified Arrogance, who's changing the game. My mm, boy. Absolutely. Shout out James K. <laughs> Should have worn my swan shirt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's funny. So uh, when you when you do when you make prints, when you make art in general, what what are your kind of personal parameters w- that you put into when you're trying to figure out how much to sell it for? It's weird. I like I have been doing this for like a year and a half now, like seriously, like not just like making designs and just uploading Instagram. I'm like, yo, I'm like doing art now. Like I'm, I'm an artist. It feels weird to say. So like when it comes to like pricing stuff, I'm always like, yo, should I do more? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I want to sell it. 
So, like, I want to, like, not have it at a really high price and hold on to everything for yeah. years. I'm like, yo, like, let me just get rid of it. But that's also the nice thing about prints is you've got so many copies of the same thing that I could sell the same image for $20 each, and I am sell 10 of them. That's cool. Yeah. But, like, that's not always the case, and you got to understand that. Like, I value it more of, like, how much work did I put in? And I'm like, because I made a green room print, and a lot of people on Instagram like that, and I sold a bunch, and, like, but that took me like an afternoon like i threw that together really quick and shit and like i sold it for cheap but like when something else like comes up where i like spent a couple days prepping and doing everything and like dyeing the paper afterwards after i print because i've done that a few times like that takes some time so i'll throw a little bit extra price on it but it still feels weird when i ask like yo 50 dollars on venmo come on bro (laughs) yeah (laughs) come with it (laughs) it's a weird situation too because the consumer they don't know nor understand the work that was put into it mm, yeah. so like why is this one 20 this one's 80 when you could get and you're not gonna sit red, there and be like <sighs> when it's on yeah. a red bubble for ten dollars for a 16 by 20 and i'm like yo the quality of that is like your home printer what are you doing yeah like, and it's also like i'm not the type where i upload my stuff onto etsy i like i don't do like the mass market stuff most of my stuff is limited to like the people that follow me on instagram yeah like i'm about to drop a website so like hopefully that like helps expand a market and I can like meet more people who want to buy my stuff online. But right now it's word of mouth for me, like talking to homies, like people share my stuff on Instagram and other people reaching out. It's really cool that way. But I don't have like that marketing mindset where I need to have a range of products available for people online. I just kind of like do my, my thing. Yeah, definitely. I think the main thing is you got to always be conscious of not underselling yourself. Mm -hmm. And then once people do start to fuck with your shit, Cause then you don't want to build this like mass following and people are consuming it. And then all of a sudden you price jump crazy. Yeah. Cause you're like, Oh now it's and they're like, well the product is the same. Mm-hmm. It's just like your hype is more. So it's more. Yeah. So I think at first you got to like, just have the price up and maybe sell less and just get to that point. And then that way you'll have more of a core, like kind of like audience, I guess, or fan base. And then they'll grow with you and like understand why things are getting more expensive. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah, you see the baseline is. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, Nate was saying, uh, which which I don't know too much of which ones you've done. You also do album art for bands? Uh, I've done a few. Like, I did one for St. Ripley, like his EP last year. Uh, uh, I'm blanking on the name. Holy shit. Uh, God Complex. Yeah, God Complex. Yeah. God. Sorry, bro. Yeah, he's going to be pissed. Uh, <laughs> Watch. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> Yo, Nate, I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> Uh, shout out Rip. <laughs> yeah, shout out Rip. Yeah, great. He like he helped me out by like reaching out to me first. Like that was the first project I did, and then a few other people have like helped me out. Like I did a design for your homie. Yeah, my, my homie uh, Louis Dubuque. Um, he's an artist. Uh, he's from Texas. Well, he's he's from Dallas. Uh, moved to L.A. and he just does a bunch of like um, electro pop projects. And uh, he found Sean mm-hmm. on my on my Instagram. He's like, dude. I found your friend and I got some art from him. He's fucking sick. See, that's like, what I love. Like, I was like, yeah, that's my dog. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. That's awesome. That's he's sick, like, but that's some creepy shit. Like, how you just went through my followers and started clicking on <laughs> <laughs> shit? What were you looking for? No, I'm sure. I think Sean popped up on his like explore feed. Oh, Instagram and, does do that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And his shit looks like I wish something that, when like that, that like this yeah, dude. Yeah. This dude does. It like, should show the engagement. Yeah. yeah, this dude does like pop shit, but he's like a hardcore kid from Dallas. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, of course he. That shit's gonna like look like something he'd like, you know what I mean? Just saw that I followed him. Yeah, like I, mean? I, I like make like dark, like Xeroxy stuff, like early yeah. punk style. And like he reached out to me, he's like, this project is gonna be a little bit different than what I'm like putting on my uh, Spotify account. 
Well, like, not going to lie, when he, like, messaged me first and I saw the blue check mark, I was like, whoa, all right, yeah. <laughs> tab on that account. Yeah. Like, <laughs> are you trying to have, like, a niche style or are you open to doing whatever? I'm, like, kind of growing. Like, when I started off doing this stuff, like, in the, like, right before the pandemic hit, I, like, started picking up designing and stuff and it was all black and white because I was just working off my home printer and I didn't have color ink. So I was like, fuck it, I'm just all black and white. Yeah. And, like, now I've gravitated towards, like, color and stuff like that but it's definitely more of a tone now is my style it's like it's not just the the copy and paste anymore it's like yeah. yo like it's a little bit like spooky it's a little bit like okay you gotta like look at it like i like extreme music extreme metal extreme punk yeah noise, noise music has been a big thing in my life lately so yeah. like, I listen to that stuff and it like inspires it's cool yeah dude I, it like especially you're like earliest shit that i saw just like reminds me of like all that like old late 80s like early 90s db like crushed shit. Uh -huh. you know what i mean it's just like right there i mean it's so but cool. it's a more of an artistic way i think you know what i mean it's, it's such an easy way to like pick up how to like gra basic graphic design yeah just play with collage with stuff that you exactly. have physically like i'm a very physical person so i print off a lot of stuff that i don't need to print off mm -hmm. just because oh, i can look at it in my hands and like play with stuff so like i do a lot of stuff like that where it's like kind of a puzzle like, or I put it together finally. I'm like, all right, cool. This is cool. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. So you think having tangible items and moving them around physically gets you, like, a better picture in your head? Oh, yeah. I'm, like, not trained in Photoshop at all. Like, so I'm self-taught in that. And it's confusing as hell. Like, let me be honest here. There's a lot of stuff in there that like, I have not even touched. But, like, when I, like, bring the stuff that I know how to do into there, it, like, goes super smooth. And, like, I'm learning stuff slowly. But for sure, like, definitely hands-on is way better for me than digital yeah also too there's there's like a beauty in that simplicity though when you don't know all the shit because a lot of the times when you know all that you overproduce things mm -hmm. and yeah, sometimes true things that are overproduced are just yeah like exactly that overproduced the simplest version of something is most likely the best version yeah like I see when you don't know the rules of something it allows you to have like an outside perception that's completely original based mm -hmm. on just the fact that like you know you weren't you weren't taught the walls that are built up around how you're supposed to industry standard operate a function, you know? Yeah. So yeah. when you self-teach or, like, adapt what you know in the physical world to something in the digital, I think that, like, it's going to translate as more organic. So, like, someone might go through the perfect industry standard process and, like, put something together in, like, Photoshop, but you as someone who's, like, adapting as you're going as uh, organic artist working with organic material like your finished digital project is going to translate more organic mm. yeah because of that like i want yeah. i want people to feel like they could feel it through the process and stuff like that yeah like, for sure i mean when you're i talk about it all the time when you're trained a certain thing that just means that many many people are putting out the same product mm. like jimmy and i both have built you know front-end websites and shit and when you go to school, they literally teach you to build the same website over and over again. But when you're doing that, you're not creating anything unique. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody wants to be on the internet in every website they visit is just a different fucking template of the last one they were on. Like, what's the point of that even being a different thing? It might yeah. as well be the same fucking website. 100%. But with, so, in the same thing with art, not to cut you off, oh, sorry. art and graphic design, if you go to school for graphic design, they give you all these rules like Jimmy was talking about. But if every designer follows those rules, everything's going to look the same. Oh, it would be boring. True. Yeah. So you got to just be outside the box and do whatever it feels right. Yeah, true. You basically just answer what I was going to ask you. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. Like, and I think with photography, too, when you go to school for that, they teach you, it's got to be like this. Okay, cool. So every photo should just look the same. Right. Yeah. That's, I think that's what, like, 
um, took me out of like being interested in photography because like, when I was taking those classes, it was just kind of like all the same shit, and I I kind of like check out quick. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, if the if my creativity isn't going like far enough or fast enough, then I kind of check out. You know what I mean? I, I feel that's that. kind of like why I did that. You know? I, I I used to take photos too, and yeah. like I stopped because I'm like, yo, I'm just taking the same band photo that yeah. everybody else is taking. I'm like, exactly. it's high flash. They're right there, like, yeah. like in the crowd, cool. Yeah. Like, and they can do that. I'll let them do that. Yeah. And like, I also wouldn't be the guy who'd be there every week at the shows because I had to fucking work. So yeah. Like, uh, there's a lot of people that had better opportunities mm-hmm. than me because like they could be there all the time. So like now I'm like trying to like focus on like being able to take time for myself artistically, yeah. And not just like worrying about working, true. Like making a change in my life. So if a band hits you up to do album art, do you want them to come with direction, or would you rather hear the project and come with your own direction? I like to hear the project. Uh, I don't like when they're just like do whatever you want. I'm like, yo, like you got to give me some kind yeah. of uh, guideline because I I could go anywhere you want and you <laughs> just not like yeah. this thing. And, like, that's happened before where I make a, like, somebody's hit me up for a, a commission. And then when, like, I gave it to them, they're like, yeah, it's not really what I wanted. And I didn't, I'm not insulted by that. I'm like, cool. I'm like, all right. Fine by me. But, like, when people are like, yo, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I like from you. Like, when they show me stuff that they, I've done before that they're like, yeah, this is, I'm into this. That's the best way to, for me to start. I'm like, okay, I've got a guideline. Yeah, I couldn't imagine the pressure of somebody just saying do whatever. Because that just means I can do anything I fucking want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, does that mean I can charge whatever? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah, what do we mean by do? <laughs> yeah, what's funny is that same person will be quick to give you a budget. They'll be like, $150, but do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you $150 for this yeah. shit. I've had people, like, send me, like, Instagram accounts where they have, like, 50, 60,000 followers. And they're, like, major graphic designers. Yeah. Like, those dudes do it all the time. And they're like, this is what I want. I'm like, all right, then maybe you should hit him up. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm not that guy. Yeah, like, you're not going to just bite people just for bread. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That's a big thing on, uh, like, trends and stuff, like, in design world or, like, I wouldn't say printmaking because printmaking is kind of a little niche in terms of style. But yeah, uh, with, like, design, everybody's in, like, going towards that Y2K, like, early, like, bubble, a lot of chrome. And I'm like, it's cool when, like, somebody does it right. But, like, mm-hmm. yo, everybody's doing the same thing. Like, I why know. do you want the same fucking thing? Why does everyone have to do the same shit? That I, shit. So why? That's just, like, one of the corniest <laughs> things about life is once people start to see something <laughs> being something, they just want to do that. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, don't you want individuality in anything? Yeah. It's so weird to me. It's in the same thing with, like, clothes. And I think things being trending and trends are really weird because I would never want to follow those on purpose if something's cool like you should want to do it because you just think it's cool not because it's the in thing to do currently yeah, yeah. and especially in design because that goes back to the same thing cool now everything's just gonna look the same for a little bit yeah tight you know what i mean i mean that's why like times new roman and like helvetica were like staples in every website for the longest time and it's like yo there's other fonts out there you guys so yeah. you can get like comic new sands yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bring it back sand. that's a hitter that's yeah. a hit. yeah you I'm, should work with that i'm dude. gonna do it <laughs> A big 27-part project, each letter, 16 by 20. Yeah, shit. That'd be sick. I think that's your lane. That's art. That's art, for real. You have to understand. If you look at art, it's just that project. It's that and and, uh, wingdings. That's what you really got to rock with, dude. Translation emoji. Emoji uh, alphabetical, too. Exactly. I just scan my phone. Right. Yo, like, did you guys see the invites to that Balenciaga show? It was so sick. Was it just like a copy pasta? They got, Balenciaga got a shitload of old iPhones and they engraved the invitation and mailed them to people. 
So you just opened the box and it was like an old ass iPhone seven with like the event details engraved on, on, on the back. Yeah, oh, that's right. cool. It's pretty sick. That's actually. cool. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That's really cool. Imagine trying to source all those old iPhones. <laughs> <laughs> that intern hated their life. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> They're hitting their friends. Like, you still got that phone you dropped in the toilet like three years ago. <laughs> nah, man. They're just going to every like fix a screen sp- uh, spot in like the suburbs of every place in the U.S. Yeah, I think that was an original idea though, which is great. Yeah, Coming up that's with something sick. That's that really no one's cool. done is it's cool and it's hard at this point. Yeah. But I'll, you know what's crazy is now I bet you in the next like six months you see people doing that. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm gonna do that too. It's like something like that. You know exactly where you got it from. Yeah. So why would you try to copy that or whatever? High fashion, I feel like, has got that, like, that's like a curse where they all copy each other, where, like, oh, a 100%. trend happens, and then they're like, okay, let's all make chunky sneakers. Yeah. Let's all do uh, motorcycle jeans. Mm-hmm. Let's all do something else. And it's like, okay. And then they hang on to it for fucking ever. Yeah. Like those animal collage t-shirts that everyone does and shit like that. Yeah, for sure. It's, I watched this uh, this other podcast, and there's a designer from L.A., and he did this design for Market, like Chinatown Market. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And Balenciaga did, yeah. like, a very similar yeah. one. And he was talking. He was talking about it, and he's like, "If anything, I feel like it's cool that they like copied it or whatever." But I'm really thinking it's very similar, but it's kind of hard to understand if Balenciaga got on your radar or like Chinatown Market's radar. Yeah, because I know streetwear very much influences high fashion, of course. But it just you never really know because I know a lot of people try to do that and air people out. Oh, they copied me. And it's like, dude, I don't know if somebody saw your page that had that on there. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no, no so idea is truly original anymore. Exactly. It's like, uh, that's what I was talking about. I don't think they like really bit that. You know, I, I mean, don't think they everybody's saw Everybody's doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Market does that to everybody. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that is streetwear. If yeah. you think about streetwear, it started as like flipping like OG logos and yeah, shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. So, what do you mean? Yeah. You know, that was like the whole backbone of the, that market of apparel. I mean, What's you that? see Obey do a red brick with <laughs> yeah, a white font. Exactly. It's like, oh, where'd you get that from, bud? Or like, like Supreme does a straight with the Skittles logo. <laughs> Some shit that like happen? that. Yeah, they made Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> they just took the shit too far. How do you guys feel about the... <laughs> they made a pack of Skittles. <laughs> how do you guys feel about the Balenciaga Bernie merch? Man. I just feel like those are two worlds that don't need to meet. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I thought the concept of it was so funny because it's like, I like like repurposing uh, imagery. So it's like, that is like a common uh, po- politician like font and stuff like that. Uh-huh. It's like, yo, it just says Balenciaga. I thought it was such a funny idea. And like, people were getting really mad about it. And I was like, I'm not like a high fashion guy, so I don't live in that world. But like, I'm aware of Balenciaga. So yeah. like, I noticed it. I'm like, yeah, this is like funny. Yeah. Like, I thought it was like kind of a trolley funny bit, but people got really upset about it. And I was like, all right. It's so weird to I'm, get upset. I'm not buying a shirt, but uh, I'll look at it. No, I'll never <laughs> buy the shirt. Not for 20. Not for 20. <laughs> 20? Yo, got a good will and it's on a Hanes beefy tee. <laughs> Shout out to Hanes beefy tee. Calling your shit beefy. Whoever came over that's a G. Right, it's kind of a thick shirt. What's it be like? Beefy? Yeah, kind of beefy. <laughs> wow, it's the first thing that came to your mind. <laughs> Just roll with it. What, what were you doing last? <laughs> Those board meetings got to be fun. Insane. Appreciate <laughs> I'll be in there giving it up. The wildest <laughs> idea. They're like, you are fired. Haynes coming through. Always staying clutch. <laughs> they do come through, though, with the cheap shirts. Yeah. What's funny is, like, those Gild and Hammer shirts. We talked about this with Noel, our last guest that we had, because it was just us. Um, those are actually quality shirts, those yeah. Hammer ones. They're, they're good weight. And that's, I think, what I'm looking for in a shirt is just to feel like I'm wearing a shirt. I- 
I was oh, never yeah. super into like the American Apparel, really wispy. Oh. Where like if it's windy, your nipples just clung to the shirt. <laughs> I hate, like, I hate a thin t-shirt. It feels like <laughs> athletic wear. Like, I need to feel like I'm wearing a shirt. Uh-huh. For, yeah. yeah, give me that 14 ounce. Uh, I've never heard you say like, nipples before, and we've been friends for. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like you, like you remember all of our conversations. That's like, true. I know for a fact you don't remember all of our Roll conversations. Of, uh, all these jokes. True, you're right. You're I'm right. sure one night we talked about nipples late night. Probably, probably. <laughs> late night. So, late uh, nipples. Night. <laughs> uh, speaking of nipples, we're going to get to the, <laughs> the hot shit of the week. We got our fallen comrade, St. Icky, with his new joint, 80s Baby. Go stream that on Bandcamp. It's Bandcamp Friday. Even though it's gonna be Monday when you hear this, but stream that shit. So that was our uh, fallen allergy homie, St. Icky, <laughs> with 80s Baby. That's a new song he put out with Co2. Go stream that. I think it's only on Bandcamp right now. It might end up on DSPs. Yeah, he's usually but, uh, good about that. Look forward to, to St. Icky being back with us next week. Yo, so um, let's talk rock and roll, man. Yeah. <laughs> the common uh, 
the common of all of us. <laughs> what aggressive rock have you been listening to lately? <laughs> aggressive rock. I mean, I'm wearing the the Blood Incantation shirt. Band I fucking is good. love that band lately. Yeah. Like, I've just been like riding the records lately. Yeah, I've been like listening to like a lot of like death and like doom metal. Just like. Put on an album because, like, normally when I listen to hardcore, I, I grew up on hardcore. For yeah, those of course. Know, uh, like Straight Edge, all that shit. But like now, when I listen to music, I listen to full records now. I don't listen to just like the song yeah. on Spotify anymore. Like I'm like trying to like fucking get through the whole thing. And like metal's got long records. It's not the it's, twenty yeah, twenty dude. minute hardcore record. I know. Either. Like I like spinning records too. So like when you put on the seven inch for the hardcore, and you got to change it every ten minutes. Yeah. You're like, yo, come on. <laughs> Yeah, it is kind of an inconvenience, and I just now started buying records, so I'm like, it's almost cooler like, to yeah. have the record than it is to spin it. Yeah, like, you just gotta have it. Yeah, it's like having a, a sick tea collection. I just bought uh, Power Trip's Nightmare Logic. Same. I went to Reck- <laughs> I went to Reckless and copped it, and I'm like, am I gonna open this though? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the picture disc, right? Uh, oh no, no, you got the Nightmare I got, Logic though. Yeah yeah, 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 with like you know, like the sticker on it and Word. shit, and it's like I think it's on like some like. Canary yellow shit, you know, like, oh, yeah. nothing crazy. But. I mean, that's what's dope about vinyl is the, it's bigger, so the art is, like, art. And mm-hmm. then the, the actual record, you can get marble, all the, there's all the cool, it's way more nuanced shit you can do with a vinyl record yeah. than you could do with, you know, it's playing it off Spotify or, like, even a CD back in the day. Because mm-hmm. you can collect uh, vinyl, and it's cool to flip through and see all the art. Nobody wants to fucking pull CDs out of a thing and, like, look at the fucking little cover like, oh, cool. I mean, everybody had those uh, the CD booklets, too. You oh, take, yeah. You take them right out of the did jewel you, case. Did you put the thing case behind logic. the CD? Yep. I did not do that. I, I did. It used to piss me off. <laughs> I used to put them in front for a minute. That was in ugly. In front? <laughs> You're <laughs> ugly. But I wanted people to see what album it was. It was like a whole thing. I was proud of it. You know what I mean? Did I, you have different books for different genres? I had genre yeah. books. Yeah. yeah. I had the rap book and then the, the rock book. See, yeah. that's smart. I had I have no organization skills at all, so I just threw it back into the fucking thing when I was done with it. So you have like DMX next to obituary. Yeah. <laughs> you, you really put to a choice that, on that page. Like, is X going to give it to him? <laughs> or am I going to be chopped in half? Yeah. <laughs> Depends on how you feel it. <laughs> MF Doom, Sujan Stevens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Illinois. You know, yeah, man, I, I feel you, dude. Those metal records are long as fuck. I kind of like when they're really long. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I turn my brain off, though. Like, I'm not, not like, true. paying attention. I'm not, like, a music. I don't play music. I'm not a music person yeah. like that. So, like, I don't pay attention to, like, riffs and shit like that. Yeah, like, it's just uh, if it's heavy or not. I have a lot of friends who are, like, into music. And yeah. they're like, yo, the riffs on that record are sick. I'm like, cool, man. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking heavy. Yeah, yo, turn it up. <laughs> Yeah, but the riff on song three, like, yeah. yeah right? <laughs> I don't know how we played that. I'm like, I don't know either, man. Yeah. I don't know how they play any of this shit. <laughs> Staccato is crazy. Like, nah, that shit's fast. I can't believe Rock. the D beat is electronic drums, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not original. You're just like, yeah, man. <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, those like, old, the, yeah, definitely those old hardcore records are great. You know what I mean? But I am a little bored with hardcore right now. I, you know what I mean? I was talking about uh, when we had food, I was like, yeah. You gotta retire from hardcore at a certain age. No, like, you can't I, ever. You can never do it. I feel like people do though. They like they're in the they're into the vibe, the scene. Like their friends are still into hardcore, but like, like I don't know. Yeah, I don't listen to a lot of new hardcore bands yeah. lately. Like not not to shame current hardcore, but no, like yeah. it's mostly just old shit that I like grew up. It's on. mostly old shit. I do I do like run into like like you know newer shit that's cool. You know what I mean? But nothing I get like really like invested in. You know what I'm saying? 
I'm also not 16 anymore. Yeah, like that yeah I'm a like, hard 34, so. <laughs> I don't have that hero complex when I see the dude holding the microphone anymore. <laughs> like, uh, shout out to uh, Fireworks from Michigan, but uh, the homie that sang that, he comes into my bar all the Michigan? time. Yeah. They're, I didn't know that. They, Every, like, everybody's from Michigan, bro. Yeah, yeah true. Up, like, Y'all really hold it down. Yeah. yeah. Now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> we're holding it, holding it down together. Obviously, me. If you really think me. about Michigan, though, you got you got Motown, you got Dilla, you got Cold as Life. Michigan just encompasses everything. Yeah, and they're like they don't do it in like they don't produce hella, but the shit they do produce is good. It's yeah. like super good shit. I mean, early punk too. You got like MC Five, MC Five, Iggy Pops from yeah. Ann Arbor and shit. Yeah, you got negative approach for sure. Oh yeah, you know what I mean, bumped into that guy a bunch of times growing up. Yeah. Oh yeah, like over. I love telling this story. It's like one of my cool guy stories. Yeah. I like bumped into him at a bar. Well, John he, Brandon. He like, yeah, John Brandon. Yeah. He like got up from his seat at the bar and he like stepped into me and like being the Midwest kid I am, I'm like, yo, my bad, sorry. He's like, no, brother. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah. I was like, hell yeah. I was like, I knew who he was. That's too. the win. <laughs> Shout out to John Brandon. I was like, I don't even got to tell him that I like his band. That was cool yeah, right. for me. I was like 21. Dude, every time I like have had an opportunity to see them, something happens and I have to leave. Still, they're playing a lot more now. I know, dude. They're killing it. Kind of to piggyback off that, do you guys feel like after coming out of the pandemic, um, touring is fucking crazy right now? Yeah, there's shows every day. You yeah. could kind of go to a show every day. You blink and you miss it. Exactly. Yeah. Like uh, I'll be like following shit, and I just caught myself being like. This man's playing this day. This man's playing this day. This man's playing this day. And it never used to be that consistent. Mm. Where now, really, every week, you could see two shows that you actually want to go see. Yeah. Like, uh, Gate Creeper and Narrowhead are touring together. <laughs> yeah, Which Can't is wait. fucking sick, That's but so what? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Gate Creeper's been in Chicago, like, 17 times but, in the last three months. Yeah, dude. I feel like Turnstile has been on tour for, like, the last two years. Yeah. Like, there hasn't been a pandemic for but them. Turnstile, like, awesome. I'm happy for them because... They're really capitalizing up what they're doing. Oh yeah, because they're about—they're already big. They're about to be huge. Mm. They're about to be. They had last time I checked, they had two million monthly listeners on Spotify. Damn. Yeah. But I can see them transitioning to a band that's huge. Yeah. Well, that's like when you see like hardcore like grow, and it's not just the same like breakdown riff. Like yeah, you know, like exactly. They, they got like funk. They got a fucking blood orange. Uh, yeah, track. yeah. Like let's go. That's that that so Hines awesome. dude is very talented. Yeah. I think what it is is watching, uh, you know, hardcore grow, but. Those dudes are growing up. Mm -hmm. So what do you, you don't expect them to make the same record they made when no, they were fucking 20 yeah, years old, you know? I mean, I, yeah. I see a lot of people like mad that it, things aren't the same way. Yeah. And it's like, like you can't be mad while worship forever, mm -hmm. bro. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you, ha you could have to grow into an adult. Like, it's okay. That's why I said retire from hardcore. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. They all like find like a new interest, a new uh, niche. Yeah. Like, not like in a bad way. I mean, hardcore will still be there. You. Yeah, let me be corny for a second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's always the nail to the X. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> what I do think, because uh, we obviously talk about rap a lot on this podcast, what I think is different between rap and hardcore is that when if you're a younger like kid getting into teenager right now, getting into hardcore, I think you are gonna do your homework. Where like younger kids that like rap don't give a fuck about old rap. Yeah. Like, even, like, Tupac and Biggie, they're like, no, nah, I don't know about that shit, whatever. Mm. But I think yeah. hardcore has this thing about it where if you get into it, you want to know all the backlog. Yeah. You want to know all yeah. the old shit. Yeah. Versus yeah. instead of just being like, I only know new shit. And the older dudes will, like, help you with that shit. I feel like it's not as it's not as gatekeepy as it was when we were growing up. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, Older kids like want you to be like into the older shit. We'll put you on. It's like, you know nah, nah I mean? don't listen to that band. <laughs> yeah. Check these yeah. Out. Yeah, yeah. Rather than like, you know, oh yeah, you're like this, that, and third because you would listen to 
this, that, and the third. I don't want to like name any names, but you know what I mean. Like, I, I think like underground music is really cool because it makes people like dive into like a genre, whatever they like, whether it's hip hop, uh, hardcore, pop music, whatever you want, and death metal. Like when you like dive into a niche and you like find like, I found super cool bands on Bandcamp just stumbling around being stoned on yeah the website one day and like yo that's fucking awesome when you like find through the niche of the underground and like hardcore and rap I feel like have a big crossover in that because like there's a lot of like independent people doing mixtapes and stuff like that and you mm-hmm. gotta like dig deep to like know keep your ear to the ground and stuff no for sure both those genres share that where there's underground people that make a living doing it mm-hmm. where they're they're big enough in their following that they're okay but they're not known to everybody which I think is dope I think the coolest thing is if you can get by and you reach people because that, that's a way to know you have genuine fans when you're not huge, but people really fuck with you. They show up in every city, you know, your markets yeah. and you can sell out your venues in those mm-hmm. cities. That's dope because that means you really blew off word of mouth yep. and everyone tells you, you got to blow from the internet. You got to blow from this and this, but there's still a strong enough community aspect where you can blow from just certain people fucking with your shit. Yeah. yeah. And they're going to put the right people on that will really show love. Go to the shows, buy merch, bring, do your, all those bring your friends, and they're they're a fan now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'd rather fuck with that, like, um, in in art and in music, like people mm-hmm. that just like really fuck with you than having like a bunch of like fair weather, like. You know. Well, because those people are gonna leave as soon as you're not hot. Yeah. As soon exactly. as you're just not cool anymore, they'll be like, yeah, I'm out. yeah. yeah. The, the, you can have a whole career off the people that really fuck with your art, whether it's music, painting, any kind of medium. True. Um, if you have like genuine fans, you can build a whole career off that. If you're just hot for a second. It should be whatever, you know? For sure, for sure. Like, think about it. We're just talking about uh, Turnstile. They're going to get huge, but as soon as they, like, make one misstep, they're going to lose half of their fans. Because, like, oh, I don't like them anymore. Yeah, if they were to, like, make a, a real hardcore record. <laughs> oh, it's like, a rap, it, yeah. yeah like, It'd that, go from two to one super <laughs> quick. They'd be like, yeah, we're going to pass. <laughs> so, I don't know where this album even came from. <laughs> Maybe yeah, you don't know the history. This sounds nothing like <laughs> Like anything they've ever done. Are you sure this is the same band? <laughs> They're rewatching Jimmy Kimmel. Like, what the? Fuck? <laughs> what happened? What did it all? They did not play this. What song. did it all go wrong? <laughs> yeah, they got to talk to somebody. This yeah, is not going. Right. Not shout right. out! Shout out the PR team on Jimmy Kimmel though for getting the band. Dude, they've got yeah. crazy. They had Griselda on there. They get oh, all yeah. like this shit you wouldn't think would be on TV. That's weird. Yeah. That's super cool. They pulled the Griselda. I'm not gonna watch. I'm not gonna like, you watch. can't even find it because they were talking about selling coke <laughs> like straight. The fuck? Like, they did Doctor Birds. Like right brick on my brick. <laughs> this is on national TV. <laughs> like the, yeah, they aired. Then you could rewatch it for like a week. Then they pulled. I, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, uh, Westside wearing that kid super jacket, that crazy one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was obviously doing his Westside gun shit. Yeah. But I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, briefly. <laughs> what? I, I, I remember that one briefly. I saw like a clip of it. Yeah, it was only on the internet for like two weeks. Mm. But whatever. Um, to kind of get into some different shit, what is, what is your like uh, your opinion on bartending in Chicago? Um, I have a. F- a unique perspective on it, the place I work at. Uh, so, like, I, I try to take everything with a grain of salt for the most part, but, like, I work at a 4 a.m. where, like, people get pretty fucking rowdy. They show up after going to a bar all day, and then I got to deal with them. So, like, I have, like, a little bit of a chip on my shoulder from that, but I, I love it at the same time because I love, I love just moving. I like, I, I like talking to people when I can, but at the same time, if I'm just working, like, just bust out eight hours and not have to think about it. I worked at in Michigan, it was, like, pretty similar in the terms of high volume. So, like, that's, like, my, like, alley. That's my lane. 
But at the same time, uh, Chicago is just its own different beast. Like, and I kind of like it for like excitement. Like, it's wild in its own way. You know what's wild about it is that like on the weekends versus the weekdays, it's such a different scene. Yeah, where it's, it's like so vastly different. You wouldn't even you wouldn't recognize a four a.m. bar on a Tuesday if you only went out on the weekends. Uh-huh. You'd be like, "Whoa, this is crazy." People come in and they're like, "Yo, I was here on Friday last week. Why is it so dead?" I'm like, "Yo, it's Tuesday." <laughs> it is. Yeah, we were actually we just saw Beach House in Milwaukee last week, and we were hanging out with a bunch of people, and the bar was closing. And they're like, "Yeah." You know, we don't have 4 a.m. bars here, like, our bad. And I was thinking, like, re- realistically, I haven't been to a 4 a.m. bar in so long. Because at 2, we just go to someone's house usually and uh-huh. kick it. Yeah. So That's it, how I'd rather be. Like, exactly. I, I work at the 4 a.m., but I'm not <laughs> going to 4 a.m.s all the time, man. Yeah. Like, I'm usually at work. We, pop, we all popped in there recently after after 2, and it was a fucking nightmare, dude. I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> I don't you know guys how do that just... line? I was like, yo, 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 come in, come in, come in. <laughs> and then once I was in, I was like, I don't even want to be in here. Like, why do we go there, through all this trouble? <laughs> Oh, you forget that? Yeah, I got it. I forgot about that. Actually. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I was talking about with my, uh, I work with uh, one of my dudes I work with is from Michigan too, and shout out Ryan. Yeah, shout uh, out Ryan. <laughs> uh, and he, uh, he and I were talking about 4Ms might be happening in Michigan, and I'm like, yo, do 4Ms really even need to exist? Like, <laughs> I think Michigan has such a DIY culture, no one would even go. Because oh, yeah. they're already at their own spots. Everyone, every, every Detroit people have their own crew. They got their own spots. I don't think they would even be busy, honestly. A lot of suburbanites would get DUIs. That's what would happen. Oh, driving, driving back to Royal back. Oak and yeah. shit. Yeah, <laughs> just get, pop. Get the highway. <laughs> yeah. the state troopers are on you. But like, yeah, like that doesn't need to happen. There's after hours. If you really need to go to after hours, there's there. But like, go to your house. Are there like uh, what like key clubs and shit? Oh yeah. Oh, they really okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's tons of just people. I don't know about now because everything's getting expensive, but it used to be accessible enough where you could really have a space. Yeah. You know, you and your friends could get a space somewhere and have band practice, da-da-da, show, art shows, do whatever you want. I don't know about now because I think the price of everything there is going up. It's a lot in Hamtramck now. Yeah, which I never thought Hamtramck would be popping. Dude. Because they used to be dicey. Either my friends live in Ferndale or they live in Hamtramck. I would definitely rather live in Hamtramck so, than Ferndale. Uh, it was between moving to Chicago or moving to Hamtramck and buying a car, and I moved to Chicago. <laughs> For sure. But uh, isn't that where the Outer Limits Lounge is? Yeah, that place is tight. Yeah, they do fucking uh, every Friday now. They show like old skate videos, mm-hmm. and it's called I Used to Skate Night. And it's like old shit, like Medic Mada and shit. I would definitely go to that. That's fucking tight. That'd be super. That sick. sounds awesome. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Detroit has gems, dude. Yeah. You just gotta know what, you, like, know what it is. Mm-hmm. If you just showed up in Detroit and didn't know shit. Maybe you wouldn't have the best time, but if you had anyone to tell you, oh, you should go here, here, here. Yeah. It's fucking rad, dude. It's kind of cool when it's like the underground stuff. You don't have as many people showing up. And being exactly. There. And the people that are there, you kind of vibe, vibrate on the same level as those people. I mean, Detroit's turned into that like Portland aesthetic of like being weird and like go to go to Michigan just to have like a, a different experience. Oh, yeah. It's like, yo. It's still the fucking Midwest, man. Kind of like we have Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> Milwaukee's getting that way. Yeah, yeah, 100%. People talk to me about it all the time. Yeah. I'm moving to Milwaukee. Get $2 like, beers all the time. <laughs> all right. You better get a car, man. Yeah. yeah. Wait till that gets old. That shit was crazy <laughs> spread out. I feel yeah. like our winters are bad. I feel like theirs are worse. Yeah. Did you, Have you ever worked in a venue serving beers and shit? No. Nah. I feel like that'd be like a... a like. It'd be tight because you get to hear music and get money. I guess kind of the bar work at right now used to have shows before the pandemic. I think they're about to run it back. Yeah, you yeah. would know more than me. But. I mean, we're definitely trying to, but like beforehand, like the shows that would happen there aren't really like show shows. 
Like, I'm still showing up. I'm just walking by in the bar, and there's the band playing in the background. Like, where I feel like if I walked into St. Andrews and became a bartender there, not the same thing. No. You would hear so much. St. Andrews was, like, the Michigan spot. Mm -hmm. You would have heard amazing shit. Yeah. And, like, I would just just off the top of my head, I used to see crazy shit there for so cheap. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I saw the Decemberists at the shelter for $6. So long ago, uh-huh. dude. And yeah. it's just crazy to see where they, they go from there. You yeah. Know I mean? Pretty Girls Make Graves, $6. That's tight. At the fucking shelter. You know, all that shit. Mm-hmm. And just to see how they, like, grow and go to play bigger venues. It's, it's weird that even though Detroit went through so much shit, it was always a stop on the tour, which is dope. If your city's a stop on the tour, they're doing something. Yeah. Like, to draw musicians to go there. I would always wonder why people would play Grand Rapids over Detroit. I'm like, you're going that deep into the state? <laughs> I think it... How but, far is Grand Rapids? But then you could it's you like could easily dip Detroit. You could do uh, Chicago, Grand Rapids, and come right back. It in. It makes sense, uh, but like you got to go di- so far up that coming back down always seems so funny to me. I'm like, you got to go up to go down. Like you're gonna go to Ohio or Indiana next. It's like it's weird to me. Yeah, for sure. Grand Rapids is my second favorite city in Michigan. It, it's it's a great city. I'm not trying to like insult. Yeah, it at the all. pyramid scheme there is dope. The meanwhile, super cool. Mm-hmm. That's all I really know. But I like those spots. <laughs> <laughs> You got two stables. You can go. You can go wherever. You got yeah. two places to go. Yeah. Bounce back and forth. Yeah, that's all it really matters. Is all you need. I mean, we live in the city, and I go three places for real. Yeah, you're Straight comfortable. Up. You find your comfort zone. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I feel like regret for that. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I'm not like taking advantage of like being in this like great city. I'm just like going to like the same few bars, but I'm comfortable and happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Comfort is good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, while we got you here too, before we uh, get out of here. What are you? What are your future plans and goals? What should we look out for? Uh, I'm gonna continue making prints, so keep keep posting on Instagram for that. Like I'm trying to get bigger prints done, so like more uh, like wall to wall stuff. Like kind of get a little wild with it. Sick. But I'm uh, starting a project with my friend called No Eye. We're making uh, some T-shirts and releasing that and collections. And I'm not really like making that like an every week thing, but we're gonna have a collection every once in a while and make it cool. What's going to be the basis of that original art? Or? Um, we're both uh, big movie fans. So we use like uh, movie references and like stills from movies and like to take it and distort it in our own ways and like nice. add our own flair to it. So it's not like a movie bootleg tea, but it's got its original points and stuff like that. And uh, so like, it's like a stylized uh, collection of uh, movie stuff. That's great. That's so much better. Yeah. 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 yeah so it's not going to be, like a rip from an old movie poster, yeah. it'll be a reference. Yeah. yeah, like, and it might even be pretty fucking deep cut. Like, you might yeah. not notice. Like, it. if you know, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's like exactly. a design from the from the thing. So you got to pull from that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so that's gonna start growing soon. I'm really excited about that, and uh, gonna start working on uh, posters for the bar, getting show posters Tight. happening all the time. Good. Uh, I'm trying to get more into digital art, so hit me up if you need anything. <laughs> um, definitely trying to do that, but uh, yeah, this summer's gonna be exciting. Pumped. Yeah, I feel like too with the tour season, if you really just tap into your homies that are on tour and shit, you can do a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And as you do that, that's just gonna be the word of mouth shit. Yeah. Which I mean, growing up listening to hardcore and stuff, you know that's exactly how you grow. Yeah. Just putting your shit out there and somebody like, who did that? And once you get that asked enough times, your shit is just popping. Oh yeah. And everyone's looking out for your stuff. So that's that's dope, man. Do you always want to keep? Do you like keeping it music focused? Uh, that's where I live. Like, it just art and music is like where my like bread and butter is. Like, I've just always fucking grown up on that. So that is, what, I like movies a lot too. So like the culture, the pop culture of that is always like big in my life too. I just like repeated imagery. So like whether that means like music, like bands you've seen a hundred times, uh, sports, movies, whatever you want. Like, just make it interesting. Stuff you've seen before but you haven't seen yet. Do you ever trip out on uh, the fact that I feel like some of us have such, even though it's multi tunnel vision. 
where I, I've liked the same four things since I was fucking 12. Same. And it's just super tunnel vision where I'm not really focused on anything else. But it, so it kind of makes you the, for, in the pure form of the word ignorant. But it's like blissful because you're like, yeah. I'm only paying attention to what I want to pay attention yeah. to. Yeah. I mean, when you stumble across like, something that's not in your like wheelhouse and you like, yo, I really like this. Where have I been the whole time? You've got a whole backlog of stuff to catch up on. So like I've kind of like that where you're like, you're blissfully ignorant. Yeah. I love, I love that part of it. Just like catching up on shit. You know what I mean? I mean, like the best thing. it all in at the same time. Yeah, like know? when you find an artist you like and you look on their discography and they have like 10 albums. Yeah. Like, all right, bet. Yeah, yeah let's Versus, go. like, I'll be finding shit now because music is so saturated and comes out so quickly. I'll, I'll find an EP I really like and then look it up and they only have that EP. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, cool, there's four songs yeah. in yeah. existence. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. I love y'all. Man, I want more. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but I mean, you also can't fault those people because what are you going to do? Yeah. It's also great if your first EP is really good. That's if a good sign. If a project is so limited by one scope, of whether it's a seven inch, uh, one piece of, uh, one painting, one mm-hmm. t-shirt or something like that. If it's a project, it's a project. Like people just look at that and they see how it is. Yeah. And I mean, you got to give people time to grow it. And like I said, if your introduc- introductory project is good, it's a super good sign. Yeah, it's only up for you. Because the, the funny thing is if you listen to, like, shit you like and they do have super backdated stuff, usually the first release was not it. Yeah. You're like, this is ugly, you know? Especially if you hear something later on first, and then you go back and you're like, yo, this is what they started off as? You're like, okay, holy shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Damn, they came that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> like, we've had conversations about it before. Um, we actually, our first episode of this podcast is actually episode one and i've heard a lot of people talk about podcasts where they'll record multiple episodes and just throw trash them to get in the flow mm. but our, our one is one and that's cool to have up but i feel like i would never go back and listen to that shit because i'd just it'd probably cringe i mean i've listened to podcasts from the beginning before like uh just like starting off fresh you're like gotta like get the you gotta get your your bearings with you yeah. And shit. yeah like you understand the tone of how everybody talks so like i've done that before and like Granted, it, like, gets better over time when you get, like, comfortable and stuff like that. But at the same time, nothing to look back and be mad at. For yeah. sure. I wish I wish it was, like, a rule where you had to have your one had to be number one. It couldn't be number 11 yeah. once you got comfortable. Because I think as much as those would be cringe episodes, probably, it's kind of, like, it shows the actual growth of something. Yeah, put it all out there. You know, it's not like a band would delete know, their first EP because they got better sounding. And yeah. be- somebody mixed the new shit better. They're not <laughs> be like, oh, delete that last record because yeah. this new shit sounds super nah, they're good. they're trying to play shows and make merch and tour. You know what I mean? So they're putting out what they got. You I know think know you I should mean? represent your whole it. picture because then yeah. it then it kind of gives people a false, uh, like, false information. Yeah. Like, oh, your shit should always sound this good. Mm. No, like, nothing starts off amazing. Hopefully it starts off okay. Yeah. So you have a ground base <laughs> yeah. to work off of. But then you improve over time. So it gives people like, yeah, like a false imagery of how it really is. Like all, all these podcasts sound perfect. It took us five, six episodes to get the sound better. Yeah. And that just shows people the real way things play out. And then people don't notice that stuff until it sounds better either. Like they're like, yo, what's wrong with this? And then it's like, oh, it got better. Yeah. Now there's no issues exactly. in my mind. Exactly. They, they don't understand because they don't do it. Yeah, for sure. And if something just sounds fine, people are like, it's fine. But then when it sounds better, they notice it wasn't fine before. Yeah. yeah. It's like that reality of shit. Well, shit, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to come kick it with yeah, us. Yeah, dude, this is yeah. fun. This was super Very fun, awesome. man. I felt like we were talking for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to show Sean's art and shit. Um, y'all see it on Instagram, YouTube, and all that. Yeah, Video comes post. out on uh, Wednesday. Yeah, audio on Monday, episode 137, Face Value Podcast. We really appreciate everyone for tuning in.